Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin Food Entrepreneurs or on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through listening through podcasts. So with that being said, I have Bell Fries back with us, but not just Annalie alone. I have Hafid Elbroji uh, with us as well. Did I get the name right? Yes, you did. Oh, yes, victory. That doesn't always happen to me. So I will take that as a win today. And so I had the pleasure of being out at Bell Fries in Manhattan in, in the Lower East Side yesterday. It was an incredible experience for me. It was, I enjoyed everything. I really enjoy the sauces. Like, I think there's so much there. Like, the French fry just became a vehicle for the sauces, not the other way around. And... I don't know. I don't even know where to begin. I think let's touch upon your story a little bit, Annalie, briefly again, how you started Bell Fries, uh, the brief version, just to give an audience um, an updated version, for lack of a better term, or a brief version. And then we'll get into sort of what's going on, the things that are going on in the South Street Seaport, and sort of your, you know, how all of this comes together. So let's start with the beginning in a brief version. Sure. So, um, yeah, to recap, um, we opened Bell Fries about two and a half years ago now. Um, and the way the concept really came together was um, I have always been really interested in hospitality and kind of like the fast casual side of hospitality, not as much like sit down fancy restaurant. So, um, as I, when I graduated college, I was really looking to do, you know, open my own, um, my own shop and see what I could do and make it successful. Um, something that was easy, scalable and universal, universally liked by locals, um, foreigners, everyone. Um, so we, so we, um, decided on the concept of Belgian fries. Um, you know, fries are a very, very popular snack all over Europe, um, and they have a ton of free shops there. So we realized, you know, if it works all over Europe, why has no one done just fries and sauces in America? And so that's kind of where the concept came from. And so we brought it here, and, and it's been a huge success ever since we've opened. Very cool. I love it. So let's talk about the, you have a new concept going on at South Street Seaport. It's your second sort of brick and mortar location, kind of, but mobile. So it's an interesting concept. You you have your trailer truck um, laid out. Let's talk about how you found it. I know we talked about it a little bit the other night. So everyone knows we also like had a gathering at Urban uh, Vegan Roots in Queens, and we all kind of met each other. So I got to know Anna Lee more. And so, Annalie, tell me a little bit about this story of how you figured out how to find, well, let's talk about the project first and then how you found the contraption, so I don't give it away, that goes in there. Okay. Um, I think that it'd be helpful to the audience to introduce Hafid and our relationship. Awesome. Uh, Let's do that. So, Hafid is my mentor. Um, We met about a year ago now. And he, he's been in the industry for over 30 years, knows every, all the ins and outs 
um, and he's really helped me navigate the hospitality industry and helped me expand um, in the right direction um, and in the best way possible. Huffy, do you want to elaborate on our relationship and and what we've done in the last year? Yeah, and I'd love to hear your story as well as uh, Hafid, I'd like to sort of your background and your part of the, the Belgian Fry story and the momentum that it has. So if you want to give your history also, we have time to do that um, if you guys have time. So I, I'd love to hear. We kind of blew over Annalise because we heard it before in part one, um, but you're new and you hadn't, weren't on the last episode. So if you want to go into detail, please do. Okay. So I was introduced to Annalise um, about a year now. Uh, from her dad, he's a friend of a friend. Uh, we came, um, he came across uh, the idea of that his daughter is doing the French fries, and being from Europe, almost Europe, I'm from Morocco, so I'm very, very familiar with the Belgium French fries, the concept, the whole of it. I spend a lot of times in Europe. I go back and forth almost every year. So the idea was intriguing. I liked it a lot. Uh, so I went and I met Anna Lee, a young. Uh, energetic, uh, full of energy. I liked a lot what she had to offer, and I decided to start helping her. My background, um, being in a restaurant for 30 years, as you mentioned, I owned a couple, um, all from working in Manhattan all my life. So I know exactly what the back of the house means, what the front of the house means, the payroll, food costs, liquor costs, the whole nine yards. So I put that together, and we start tackling staffing, start playing with the, the numbers a little bit, and we realized that uh, Bell Fries could be could, could be bigger. Uh, we took the initiative to start training the staff from the beginning. What we did is we started working with the new chefs to uh, improve our sauces, improve our quality, and ideas start pouring. We started tackling them one idea, one one by one. First, we started we started thinking about carts. So we took the cart idea, we blown it to the point that you say, okay, we're going to do this with the cart, we're going to do this with the cart, we're going to do that with the cart. Anna Lee hasn't stopped. She's always looking for opportunities. She's the best I ever met, to be honest with you. She's got a brain, genius brain. So she's always looking for stuff. She came up to me one day and she said, you know what? I think we should do this at Brain Park. I think we should do this at this place. I think we should do this here until the folks from the Howard Hughes building contacted her or she contacted her back and said, hey, you know what? We like your idea. We want to have you at the thin building. So we looked at each other and we said, this is the beginning of something big. You. This is a I'm, I'm sorry? Yeah, at the seaport. Yes. This is the beginning of something big and huge. In the meantime, she's also been involved with the Food Truck Association. Now, inquiries are pouring, one after the other. So this concept really, it's unique. I'll tell you why. Everyone is selling hot dogs. Everyone is selling shawarma. Everyone is selling everything else. But that French fries, when someone looks at it, it's like, wow, this is great. I could have this for my son's birthday. I could have this for my office party. I could have this for this and that. So we're like, okay, now we have to figure out a way to really do this right. We don't want to go big very quick. We're going to take it step at a time. We get the brain. We are the brains. We could do this. Um, 
I think, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Emily. I would say that, um, so before I met Hafid, I, I was kind of just, I did everything myself, like, and I didn't really have anyone to, like, throw ideas back and forth with. Yeah. And when I had an idea, it, I didn't have anyone to consult with. I didn't know if it was right. I didn't know if it was wrong. And I didn't have the confidence just alone to really expand it and execute that idea. And so I think that when Hafid came on board, I was able to then throw ideas back and forth with him. And we'd, we would decide together what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. Um, and we would also not only just just think of ideas, but we'd also crunch the numbers together, um, make sure everything lines up in the best way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just really believe, like, I couldn't have committed to this expansion without having someone um, under my wing. I like this. And so mentorship, let's talk about this, like the value of it, because I think a lot of people that start a lot of humans that start their career in entrepreneurship, particularly in food, uh, don't do this. And they don't have mentorship, particularly when it comes to running a restaurant and, and, and growing in this way. And I feel like it's made Anna Lee like excel so much more in her career and her ability. And as an entrepreneur, um, as a woman, as a human, uh, because she's had this influence, someone with 30 years of experience. And I always say this, like, I didn't realize this either until I was about 20 years in, in food. Like, you need to go through two major, like, economic crises, which happened about every seven to eight years, uh, weirdly, and the food business to under, to really have a, a great business. And and one of the things that I like about this relationship is you're taking experience with a great concept and a fresh mind and balancing the two things out. And that's what I think is needed. It's not something that I had. Um, I had the balance of my father being a businessman, of course, and influencing on me. But I didn't have – he didn't have the same food service experience that someone that actually worked in the business hands-on. He was mm-hmm. more on the accounting and financial side. So – I had to learn all the operations, all the chef skills, all that stuff on my own and while building a massive company and trying to put systems in place like SharePoint and whatever other internal systems we built. So I think that what I like about this is you guys complement each other also. I think there's probably, you guys are the same and Annalie can go to you for advice, but there's probably differences in your personality as well. Do you want to talk about that? I agree that we, uh, he's too much alike. It's like a, a, she says one thing and I agree with it. And sometimes like, we're a little too much alike. <laughs> yes, it's a bit. It's extreme. Most of the time I see your text on the email, it is exactly what I had in mind for the day. It, how how weird is that? It's it's crazy. It's like this is exactly what I was going to tell you. And she's like, oh, I, I, I'm ahead. The next day I'll be ahead. So it's that back back and forth thing. You know, she has a big vision. And I live the vision with the restaurant. So we're trying to mush the both of them and come up with something that is good for the audience, for people that are trying our bell fries. We want it to be a little different than the others. And uh, yes, yes, there is a 30 years experience and someone out of college that has the brain to think of business. It's, it's incredible. I think the background has a lot to do with it. 
her, her dad's entrepreneurial, and uh, and she learned a lot sitting down on the breakfast table with her dad, dinner table with her dad. So I didn't have to work much to convince her because she already has an answer. So that that kind of stuff it helps a lot to have yeah. a person like her. And I think that I I mean the most valuable lesson that you've taught me, or the most valuable you've given me, how to think and like what mindset to have. Yes, exactly. Um, and there's two main things there. But one of them is as an entrepreneur, like the problems are going to come no matter what. And that's just what being an entrepreneur is. And you just have to face it. And your job is literally just fixing problems. Yes. And not to have them repeated. Yes, exactly. That's one side of it. And then the other side of it is um, just kind of um, just do something and then figure it out later. Yeah. Yes. I know it it sounds kind of like not very strategic, but it's really the... It, I don't know. It's it's worked for me so far. It drives people around me crazy who are very structured. I am a very structured person. Like I have my time blocked out and whatever. But like today, like things got a little messed up, and I'm recording another episode at Valentine's in Brooklyn and the pizza. So like I have flexibility in my structure, and I think that's what it is an entrepreneur. I know when I have to be working. I know what that looks like. I know when I'm going to be at the gym. I know when I'm going to be at dinner. And if dinner goes over, like the other night we were all networking, it went four hours. Like I have buffers in there to like, and I accept that that might happen. That way it's not blindsiding me. And I think that's part of being an entrepreneur. We know that we're going to have to just move forward sometimes and unexpected things are going to happen in that. And then we adjust again and we adjust. And I use an example of time, but it's also like, I mean, I can't even think of how many times the guy that invented soft serve ice cream probably messed up the machine or messed it up over how many years before he even got it. I think it's Carvel or I can't remember the other one, but one of those guys. So it's one of those things where you just, if you don't keep trying and you don't ever take the first step, you're never going to get the number of failures you need to have a success in the first place. So um, the other thing I like what you said, which was the mindset, which I think you, which is that you just have to keep going. And I think a lot of people get caught up in failure and and things, and that's why they aren't an entrepreneur. But in the food space, like how many things go wrong in a common day? Like, I don't even want to talk about stuff on the floor or miss packing of a sandwich or you got the, we got the order wrong or someone heard the order wrong when it was called over the booth. So there's a lot of things that are going on there that I think I agree um, from Annalise perspective, when I was her age, if someone would have told me a little bit more of how to have composure in that space, even as a growing business and let the structure, um, take care of things. And then my creativity to solve the problem, eventually figuring it out, figuring it out, figuring it out, or letting the clients tell me whether it was bad or not. Um, which is the easiest way. If something's not going to work, send it to the masses. They'll tell you pretty quickly. And, I think that that's part of it, but you got to have the confidence to take the rejection and that not see it as a rejection because it happens all the time. It's like almost the confidence to fail knowing that it's a win in the long run if you keep going. Correct. Agreed. Uh, we learn a lot as we go from this business, other business, but the food business in particular is not easy. 
think the entrepreneur entrepreneurship is all fun and roses and it's always like great success but it's really the opposite i mean the then owning the business goes through the worst of it um it's it's there's never ending issues <laughs> like from from like a public perspective they don't see that uh, but really like behind the scenes it's a lot to handle I think that um when you have mentorship or you're alone, I think there's why without mentorship people quit because they don't see that you can make it and they don't have that. And I think being in the weeds can somewhat be hard uh, in the business. And I don't know. Let's talk about, a. let me, I want to jump into something and then I'm going to come back to this. Yeah. Hafid, what is your, like before Bell Fries, like what, what was your favorite food? Or is there still a favorite food? Like, what's your favorite cuisine? Like, let's let me dive a little more into you as a human. Like, how did you end up in New York? Like, let's talk about all of those things. Okay. Um, Restaurants started. Yeah, I came in. I came in um, when I was eighteen, I think, uh, to New York from Morocco, uh, right out of high school. Went to school here, and I fell in love with restaurants. And I started working at my restaurant, started bottom up, I worked my way up. I started at a place called the Odeon. Uh, he owns Baltazar Pastis and so on and so forth. I learned a lot from that. Uh, it's a French bistro. I'm very familiar with French cuisine that I love very much. Yeah, I started working at uh, Baltazar and Pastis uh, and the Odeon. In old days, those restaurants were iconic, and they still are. The French cuisine... Uh, known for, which I fell in love with. And I was known to French cuisine because, you know, I speak French, I've been to France, my mother's French. So all of that stuff together um, got me to love food in general. So I took some wine classes in the old days. I took some classes to learn how to run the floor. Uh, I started from bottom, from being a busboy to owning a restaurant. Uh, so I had my two restaurants in the city as recently as before COVID. And I had to sell them to concentrate more in what Anna Lee was doing. To me, it was, okay, this is a great thing to move forward. Uh, I don't have to deal with restaurants and late nights and all that stuff. This is a great concept. Let me help Anna Lee get what she needs to be. And we become partner from that point. Uh, the thing is about the food. If you don't know the food very well, you're in the wrong business. You really have to know your food. Your product is what who you are. Branding. The French fries idea, the way they cut, the way we fry them, it's, it's, it's an art. It's, it's really an art. It's not like anyone can wake up and say, I'm going to make French fries. Time is now, it's done. There's a lot of work there. Sauces in particular, you have to be very, very, very careful with sauces. They have to be the right sauces, the right taste to go along with the French fries. So anyhow, um, the idea of loving the food has to come from your heart. You have to love it. I, I, I cook. I'm, I, I'm very passionate. I love cooking. Uh, I, I love ideas. I, I, I watch a lot of uh, Gordon Ramsay, for example. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's on you. If you don't have it on you, it's not for you. And, and food in general is, is, uh, is something that anyone, anyone should love it before they try it. So that's what I can tell you about the food in general, French fries and the 
I love this. I love it. And so I think there's a lot of French influence in Moroccan food as well, if I remember correctly. So there's always that as well going on. The other thing is, is uh, let's lead into this question. Over the last year since you've been working with Annalie, where do you feel she's grown the most? Like, I think it's one thing for Annalie to talk about her growth, but I think uh, from an outside perspective, well, I guess there's two parts to this question, actually. One is, how do you feel Annalie has grown? And two, how have you grown as an individual because of Annalie? She's, okay. Annalie, uh, okay, nothing goes by. question. No, this is, this is not a bragging right, but Annalie, nothing goes by her. You only have to tell her anything once. It doesn't repeat itself. Nothing, any, okay, Annalie, this is how we're going to do this event. And that event is going to be a model for any other events. Okay, if we, either if we have to take the van to the location, no, we're not going to take the van, we're going to do this. And the next time I'm hearing is Anna is already on top of it. So she's taking a lot of what I'm telling her and putting it in order the right way. She's actually modifying it. She's actually using her, her ideas, plus my ideas, and it's, it's working perfectly. Uh, she's grown in a way that I don't see her as a young entrepreneur. She's already established. She's very experienced. I mean, more experienced than a lot of people I worked with for 20 years. That's how good she is. Uh, you have no clue what an idea. She's very, very, very good at what she does. She comes up with something that, okay, Hafid, meet me at this place. No, I know this is true. Hafid, meet me at this place. And I'm like, why are we traveling two hours to see something? Look at this model, Hafid. I think we could do better. We could, we, we, we could change this to that. Look how many people are working here. Uh, do you think we're going to be one day like them? I'm like, another you already like them. We just don't want to go that fast. But if we have to pull a trigger and have 20 locations and be successful, we could do that. And we will do that. We will, we're going to get there. But I don't have to. Anadi, from day one, she took over that little place, a very small place. And, and I'm like, what am, I, what am I doing with this place? There's not much for me to do. And then, and then she started talking and I started talking. And I'm like, wait a minute. They're, 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 we're going to be so big doing this French fries in New York. That could be national-wide. It could be anywhere in America. We could do this anywhere. Once we iron up New York and get it right, then we can move on to other states. And, and I know I'm going to convince you to come to Nashville. That's that's what I'm working on. I'm, I'm, I'm buttering you guys up or, I guess, oiling you up since it's fried. Um, so you guys can bring the concept to Nashville eventually. Yes, we're heading that way. But we have to get it first. Right. That we can't just say, okay, we're ready. And we are ready. I mean, technically we are. You know, if you, all we have to do is hire staff and buy more equipment and we can be anywhere. But that's not how we want to do it. We want to be a brand that can't be imitated. We want to be a brand that people can talk about. We want to be a brand that we, fingerprints. We're going to, we want to put our fingerprints on this brand, which is the Bell Price. We really want to get it out there that, We'll say, oh, I saw that in New York. Oh, I had that in New York. Or oh, I had that at this stadium. Oh, you know what? My friend had that. So this is what we, we want people to talk about. That. We, we don't want to be like, okay, oh, it's just a place. If you go to New York, visit Belfries and Ledlow Street. That's not who we are. We want to be in stadiums. We want to be in airports. We want to be everywhere. We're more like Shake Shack way of doing things. Okay. Danny Myers, I worked for him. I understand his concepts. He went from restaurants to this fast food thing, but he, there is something in it, but you have to do it right. 
And Annalie and myself, in particular Annalie, she 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 can do this. She I know she will do that. To give her, I will say three five years, be, will be everywhere. I will say that. Yeah, what do you think, Annalie? I think you're right. Uh, maybe I went too fast, but that's the idea. That's that's real. It's not it's not fiction. It's this is where we're headed. We're heading to. We do have bumps. We do find ourselves like, okay, what are we going to do with this, and what are we going to do with that? But we solve those problems. We have to solve problems that they don't repeat themselves. That well, if we move to other states, we already experience how to deal with problems, and we know how to deal with problems. Most of them. Uh, I'm not saying all of them because any any given day something comes up. You know, what I mean? any given day. But dealing with things here and there will give us a book that we can use everywhere else. What do you think? I agree. I think that you're right on, Emily. I think that she's farther along, one, because of the influence of her parents, two, because she's willing to learn from others, and she's willing to try anything. I would agree with you. She's farther along. I recognize a lot of, like myself, in Annalie at 24 years old, being an entrepreneur, also growing up in business, and my mother being an entrepreneur in the farm and everything that we grew up on, grew up in. So let's talk about the 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 future uh, a little bit and and exactly what's going on in South Street Seaport and, and sort of the hurdles that you've been through, Annalie, and trying to find a vehicle and what it, your goal is there and what's coming. Uh, so anyone in the audience that may be in New York or traveling to New York that's going to South Street Seaport, we can understand how you're growing and what this means for your business. Yeah, so uh, we are putting a 17 foot trailer um, right next to the garden bar at the seaport. Um, So we're going to be the only food concession um, for that entire bar throughout the summer months um, and starting in May. Um, And I think from there, that's kind of like our stepping point. It's going to bring us a lot of opportunities. We're going to really be in the public eye being in the center of the seaport. Um, I mean, we're expecting it to be a huge success. And from there, I think that expansion and opportunity is just endless. Um, I think that opportunities will come to us at the, after this rather than us needing to seek out um, opportunities. Uh, and, yeah, I think that the food cart also... The food carts idea also is going to be a really huge um, direction that we're going to take Belfries in. Well, the South Sea Seaport is going to give us a, a huge exposure. Uh, not only they're trying to develop that area, they, they really, really spend a lot of money on that area to bring back the tourists um, before COVID was kind of dying down and, and somehow they got involved with John George and they put magnificent, magnificent uh, restaurants and, and markets in there. And we're right in the middle of it. So not only the South Sea Seaport is, is a tourist attraction, it could be, it, it's turning out to be locally, uh, to, uh, to pe- younger people are moving downtown. A lot of younger people are millennials are moving all over downtown. So South Sea Seaport is just out of a walk distance to them. So we're gonna be right there, right in the middle of all this development. We're at the beginning of it. So we have something good going for us at that location, and it's going to be huge, I think. 
Are you going to have the menu exactly the same at all your locations as it is on the main one in the Lower East Side? No. So, uh, we are actually only doing um, fries in cones with an option of six of our most popular sauces. Um, and then we're also going to do popcorn chicken in cones. And then you can get a mixed cone of fries and popcorn chicken. Um, and then it's it still pairs with those same six sauces. Um, so we try to, we're trying to keep it as simple as possible. And we took what was most popular from our Ludlow location and bringing that to the seaport. We, we are looking to be consistently consistent. Um, we want to be good and consistent. We don't want to go up and down and confuse the people. So therefore, the menu is going to be a little smaller than Ludlow, and and the little smaller for a lot of reasons is uh, again, there's uh, we don't have much of a day business in Ludlow, but it's coming to St. Seaport. It will be more of a day business. There's a lot of offices around there. So with the Ludlow location and the South St. Seaport, we're complete. We know how to do it daytime and how to do it nighttime. So it's a combination of both. Uh, we like well, it's going to be a late night as well at uh, uh, the South Sea Seaport, but it's not as late as Ledlow Street, I think. What do you think, Andalia? Two o'clock will be finished, one o'clock maybe? Uh, not four or five in the morning? Yes, I think by two o'clock in the yeah, morning. Yeah, no, I think closing at midnight. Okay, so that's a little earlier than Ledlow. It's a, it's a big difference, so there's no need for us to have a huge menu. Um, uh, at that location, a little smaller, it will do the job. So as you guys are working with each other, what are the things, like you guys are very similar, you said, but you obviously guys do different things well in the business and the operating of the business. So like, what are the, some of the things you lean on each other for? We talked about creativity and maybe operations, but what are some of the other things in the business? Like as it grows, how do you see your guys growing and dividing up those responsibilities? Um, and, and then go ahead, Anali. You can say something about that and I can add to it if you want. Um, it's interesting because I, you know, figuring out a structure as I grow and open more locations has been a topic of contention I've, I've been trying to figure out what makes the most sense for everyone while still trying to keep a budget um so i'm not gonna lie we're still figuring out how to delegate different responsibilities and who's going to be in charge of what I, uh, I, at the moment i can add to it i i, I see and i'll leave more let, of let me just say one one other thing um I, I'm kind of like this, just like the CEO. I think that Hafid is my mentor and like, uh, operations in charge of like operations. And then, um, and then we have, you know, our in-store managers and our, our uh, fry tenders at all of the locations. So I think that's the structure that that is working right now. 
Go ahead, Hafid. Did you have something you wanted to add on? Uh, it is the right structure. Enemy will be more of the, the person that uh, look for other opportunities, more locations, oversees everyone. And I'm under her looking at the stores, uh, locations, managers, hiring, training, yeah. overseeing so, all that. Yeah. So, um, Justin, I mentioned to you the other day. Um, how I, I stopped working in the business and I started working on the business. Um, and I think that has to do with, you know, the structure and like what my responsibilities are now. Um, so I used to have at least like three shifts in this store, um, knowing the ins and outs, how everything works, um, how customers react to every item, every price, um, you know, the back of the house, the front of the house. And I, as time went on and as we grow, have grown and have taken on more volume, um, I kind of resorted back to, resorted to um, working more on the business. So now I, I don't work in the store as much. I am working on expansion. I'm working on marketing. I'm always looking for new opportunities, new markets, new events we could take the cart to, um, really uh, all the hiring and making sure that the company as a whole is growing steadily. Um, so that's what I mean by now working on the business rather than in the business. However, I wouldn't be able to be successful working on the business had I not, you know, done done hundreds of hours of working in the store, knowing exactly what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. Very cool. I I I like the structure. Obviously, it's not for me to say, but and uh, but I'll throw my opinion out there where it's not asked for. But it's um, it's one of those things where I think that you have the visionary and then you have the person to organize the visionary structure and growth. And I think that that's what you found here. Years of experience gives you the ability to operate the facilities and make sure that they stay organized while you're sort of the tip of the spear, which is what I would call cutting the flesh of the business, which is out there growing the business. It's the part that hurts. But if you have a good foundation, a good partner that can operate and complement you, I think that's good. And I think it's also good for everyone to know that Annalie did work in her business. She did do all the things in her business to build it so she could then go work on it because it's very hard when people just form their business and start working on it and have never actually been in it. I think you need to spend time in your business. Even it's interesting, people acquire companies and stuff, yet they never spend any time in the businesses they acquire and they wonder why they go under or they the merger didn't work or the acquisition didn't work. Well, the executives never actually spent time in those businesses or got to learn them or go spend time with the managers and stuff. So um, that being said, where where is is sort of the growth going to happen for you, Annalie? I mean, I want to just talk about you. You have a mentor now. You're you're seeking other space and you're you're sort of getting out there and networking. So where do you see the most growth for you as a business happening? Like what is the future? Do you think that Bell Fries is going to benefit from, uh, for your business? Yeah. So I, uh, right now I do not 
in a brick and mortar. I think that the concept works better in like food carts or trailers. Um, it's, it's street food. You want to pick up your cone of fries and walk with it. Um, and it's a snack and it's very simple. And so I'm going to have right now, my vision for the future is to have our one brick and mortar on Ludlow. And then we're going to have the seaport and we might be in the U S open next year. We might be at Bryant park next year. Um, but really like the more permanent expansion, I think I want to open many, many more food carts and have them stationed all around the city. Um, and once I have like proof of concept for that, and I know that it's successful and I have the entire structure down for the food cart operation, I want to start franchising them out. Um, and I think that's the way that I want to grow the company right now. Once I have a bunch of food carts in the city and a bunch of food carts in even other states as well, then I want to start um, selling my sauces wholesale in grocery stores um, for people to buy and eat with any of their snacks at home. Um, and so at that point, you know, everyone's going to know the brand. They're going to have probably tried Bell Fries on the street um, walking around and they're going to go into the grocery store and be like, oh, look, it's that sauce that I tried at Bell at the Bell Fries cart. Like, it was delicious. Let me buy this and bring it home to eat with my other snacks. Um, and that's once the brand is so established that everyone knows who we are. So they'll see us on the streets. They'll see us in their grocery stores. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of my idea for expansion right now. I love this. Can you um, give the audience where they can find you on Instagram and where your address is in the East Village as well, where it's going to be on the South Street Seaport again? Yes. Yeah, so uh, our Instagram is bell, B-E-L dot fries, F-R-I-E-S. And our flagship location is in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. It's The address is 132 Ludlow Street on the corner of Ludlow and Rivington. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to be opening at the seaport in on May 1st um, at South Street Seaport in Manhattan. Very cool. I'm going to give you guys the microphone. Is there anything you guys want to see a feed? Anything you want to say to the audience out there based on what you guys have done or your life experience, maybe to inspire other entrepreneurs, but I'm going to give you guys a little bit of time. Um, and also, if you want, I'd love your sauces. So if you want to just tell the audience about all your sauces you have right now, um, I think that would be pretty cool. And all the products you have um, at your main location, I think that would be fun as well. So the mic is yours. Yeah, we have, we have so right now we have 16 different sauces. We make all of them in-house daily, um, all of our own recipes. Um so I can I can go through the list of sauces if you'd like. I'd love that. Sure. So um, so we have black truffle mayo, which is our most popular sauce. We have fruit sauce. We have a queso. 
roasted garlic aioli, smoky chipotle, sriracha mayo, peanut satay, curry mango, honey mustard, samurai sauce. And then we have a couple a couple vegan ones. We have the vegan black truffle mayo, vegan mayo, and a vegan barbecue sauce. Um, so, yeah, those are our sauces. And, again, we make every single one of them we make in-house every day with our own specific recipes. And, Huffy, do you have anything else you want to say about we, injecting? We, we're definitely going to add more sauces, but these are our signature sauces that the store starts started with. Uh, um, and we're going to grow. As, as we grow, we add more sauces in the future. Uh, we just want to work on what we have, make it to perfectionally well, then we move to others. Uh, yes, I, I encourage everyone that has an idea to balloon it the way Anneli is taking it. I seriously think that there is much to do out there. Um, not only if, if, if it's food or anything else, it, it just starts with an idea and uh, persistence uh, and uh, uh, consistency. These are the things that people have to follow, follow the dream. Just go, go on and, and try to do it. It, it, it may work, but you have to give it uh, as, work as hard as, as we are working. It's not a walk in the park, but it does, it, there is an outcome that uh, is a happy ending. Once you know and you see it growing and getting there, you, you're as happy as you can be. That's, that's all I can tell you. But yeah, yeah you're, you, Hafid, you're the American dream, man. Like you're coming here, you're starting a business, you're helping with an entrepreneur, build a business and partnering and mentoring her with your experience and giving back what you've been given. It's just a really cool thing. Um, yes. Like I'm going to ask another question of you just because it came to mind, but what inspires you and motivates you every day? What is what? I'm sorry. How are you inspired and motivated every day? Uh, is that for me or finally? Uh, for you. Oh, uh, waking up every day and, and calling Annalie, that's a start. That, that's a motivation because I know my day is not going to be just a day. It's going to be a full, full of ideas, full of challenges, full of conversations, texting, emailing, back and forth, uh, getting things done. So it's, it's a, staying busy. And in a good way, that, that, that is a motivation to be. Always something new happening. Oh, always. Every day. Every day. Every every day. We get things like, uh, we, we may be talking to you now and there's an inquiry, but an event this afternoon. So let's talk about it. This, this is, it, it, there is not a minute where there is not something to talk about when it comes to Buff Rice. Well, and I know Anna Lee dropped off a order the other day on the way to dinner. Uh, so she's always working in the business, even when she says she's working on the business. I don't think we yep. ever stop getting called in. And I like it because one of the things you referenced is what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And I'm a soccer player. And it's almost like there's not a flatback for an entrepreneurship. You're almost like a sweeper in the defense because you're not the attacker because you got to let other people handle your operations and win with your customers while you're out building the plan and building the play constantly and moving the ball up the field so your team can win. But at the same time, you're the one building the play. You're the one captaining the team. You're the one that gets to see the whole field other than the goalie, I guess, who's probably even more so that position. But I wouldn't describe an entrepreneur as a goalie. So 
Uh, I love this. I thank you guys very much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in. I know I've had a little bit of noise in the background here. I've tried to mitigate it as much as possible. Everyone, I'll edit most of it out as well. But thank you, Valentine's uh, Pizza in Brooklyn, for letting me record here today before you guys opened. And thank you, Annalie and Hafid, for your time. Annalie, and thank you for the food, uh, the fries, all the stuff. You guys are awesome, and I really believe in your concept. So thank you guys so much. You're doing more than welcome. Thank you. And for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone's out there, please share the podcast. I love you guys. Um, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through learning through podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs or at Justin Bizarro B I W Z A W R O. And just as a reminder, everyone, you can find Bell Fries on Instagram at Bell B E L dot Fries F R I E S. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and we're out. Thanks for having us.